Monday. Happy Monday to you and you and you to the Americas. Happy Juneteenth. Uh, shout out to the live chat. Y'all are popping already. Uh, Amanda's in the house. Crystal's in the house. Brown Frown. What up? Hey, Peggy. All y'all. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Melanated Way. You guys, I barely got my act together today. Woo! I've been saying that too much a lot lately. Uh, but we are covering the other way. No, it's not the other way. It's before. See, there's so many, you guys. Literally, there's so many. We're covering before the 90 days, season six, episode three, Overboard. And that is the exact correct title for the show. Overboard literally overboard uh bottom of the screen you can see where you can support the show i'll have that up for a minute uh super chat super stickers available don't forget to like and subscribe all that great stuff uh let's talk about amanda and razvan razvan listen y'all i'm just gonna say this right now i really first of all they're really comfortable with each other for two people that have never met in real life and then finally meet and they're all like hand in hand, hickeys on the neck, all the things. I was very surprised by how comfortable they are together. Um, which brings me to something that has been floating around online. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what to, I don't know what to think about it. Let's I don't know who put it together. I don't know who the online sleuth was, but it's all over the internet. The interwebs are talking about Amanda's timeline. So before I get into uh, her segment, let's talk about this timeline a little bit. So it's quite long. So I guess what I'll do is I'll do it like this so you guys can see it. Does that work? Yeah, that kind of works. So... <clears throat> It says, this is her timeline. And again, I don't know who put this together, uh, but we can talk about it because there's questions about her relationship with Razvan and how close they are already and how quickly it's moving and all the things. Uh, so here we go. So her ex-husband, Jason, that's his name, who passed, rest in peace, was born in 1976. Amanda was born in 1991. Razvan was born in 1996. Apparently, uh, Jason, her husband, who passed, and Amanda met in 2010. And then they got married in 2014. And then in 2019, you guys, Amanda's mom passed away. Right? And if you think about 2019, that was just before the pandemics and all the things. Uh, so she was dealing with that. And she obviously like the rest of us went through the pandemic as of March, 2020. And then in July of 2021, Jason starts feeling six, no diagnosis of me. And then in October of 2021, a friend of Razvan's claims this is when he and Amanda started talking. And obviously you see that it says it's unfounded, right? So there's no proof of that. But that's what they're saying. Uh, and then March 9th, 2022, uh, Jason is diagnosed with stage four amplitory cancer. Amplitory cancer. And then he passes away 10 days later, which is March 19th, 2022. April 9th. So what, three weeks later, 
four months before the August 9th phone call uh, with Amanda's kids. April 10th, Amanda's sister passes away. So her husband dies in March. The following month, her little sister passed away. Then May 4th of 2022, Razvan makes a tribute on his TikTok to Amanda. Then July of the same year, 2022, Amanda claims this is when uh, Amanda and Razvan started being flirtatious, which is weird to me because if I'm looking at May, why did he do a tribute to Amanda if indeed that that's true? And then June, July, they start flirting. Early August of 2022, Amanda's in Romania. August 9th, Amanda's phone shows a call ending with her sons. She only has one son, so I was it was weird about that as well. Um, and then December 22, January 2023, Amanda claims this is when filming happened. And then June 4th of this year, first episode of Before the 90 Day airs, Amanda tells her sister, if I go there and everything goes great, maybe he will propose. Um, so what do you guys think of that timeline? Yeah, so she only does have one son, which is what I I'm saying, uh, Amanda says the Reddit person who made that said that was a typo. She just has one son and one daughter. We all know that. Um, but allegedly her late husband has two older kids. So I find this an interesting timeline of events, which brings us back to her and Razvan uh, in Romania and her waking up and her wanting coffee immediately in the bed. Um, you know, first time that she has allegedly been with a man since uh, her husband passed. They have this whole awkward, like, interaction in the morning because she sleeps with socks on. He thinks it's weird. He thinks, like, you know, when we have sex, you know, are you going your socks on? Because that's weird. Um, they alleged Lee did not have sex that night. They just kissed and cuddled. But what was striking to me, you guys, and what I couldn't get past was that big hickey on his neck. So every time he turned his neck, I'm seeing this hickey on his neck, which he said, like, she sucked his neck all night. Um, and so they're going to get ready. They're going to go into the city and uh, they're going to have a good time, apparently. So... He gets up and gets in the shower. And he wants to get ready. In the meantime, he's telling uh, the audience that he, you know, he's ready to have sex with her. He's obviously attracted to her, um, but he's not going to push things uh, because he knows, you know, this is her first time uh, being with someone else who is not her husband. Um, and then I just find it interesting that the two of them are just so loosey goosey with "I love you," like. He's off to the bathroom to shower. He says, I love you. She says, I love you. She says, I feel happy. Um, and I just think that she's grieving. I think that this is all part of her grief process. And I know that we all are going to have different opinions, but that's what I think. I think that she's grieving and she's used to the routine of having 
someone to wake up to, someone to say, I love you all the, all the time. And uh, I think that she's just replacing one situation with another because can you imagine how much overload of grief she has between her mom passing in 2019 and then losing her sister and her husband within a month of each other? And that was just last year. It's a lot of grief. <clears throat> um, Brown fan says he was tagging her in video six weeks after Jason's passing. I think reality is hitting her hard now from being there. Um, and Carol says, I don't understand her being in the show when it is clear she is so deeply in grief. And yeah. I agree with you, Carol. I really do. So <clears throat> they're off to Old Town. They're in hand in hand. And again, the the how comfortable they are together is just very, very interesting to me. Um, but she feels off because just before she left, her son Junior called and there she was he was talking to Razvan and then said, you know, my dad died. Now, you guys know last week I was just talking about how everyone is processing this grief and they left their, they lost their dad and now their mom's off on a trip and the mom is trying to act like the trip is not really a big deal, but I think that she's having second thoughts. I think that she's starting to feel guilty. I think she's starting to feel the grief really hit her. I think that being in a new relationship is proving to be a little bit more than she thought it was going to be. And, you know, she has a lot to process all at once. And maybe she's not 100% ready, right? Which is fine, which is fine, right? Maybe she thought it was a good idea and now she's having second thoughts. Um, but what's crazy is that she's not being able to talk through her feelings 100% because she doesn't want to be a Debbie Downer on the trip, which I feel is not really a good look for either of them. If you can't really talk about where you are in the moment, then you're just going to have all of those feelings pent up and where do those feelings go? So she's feeling a bit sad um, and questioning whether she should have come there and maybe she needs to cut her trip short and go back for the sake of her children. And you know, I personally don't think that that's a bad idea. I, I, I really don't. But meanwhile, Rasman's like, no, this was our trip. It was a chance for us to get to know each other. Um, and she feels a little bit resentful. She's like, well, you know, I have to think about my children's well-being. Well, yeah, Amanda, you do. And I don't want to be too harsh on you because I really do know what grief feels like. But like, this is something that maybe you should have thought of before you left. I don't know. What do you guys think in the live chat? Do you think that she should cut her trip short and go home and, and be with her children? Do you think that she's overthinking? Let me know what you guys think in the live chat. So she says to him, you know, what if I leave early? Would you be upset? Um, and he's like, yeah, you know, I would be upset, but I'm trying to be understanding. And she's like, well, you know, I would leave because my kids are hurting and he's like, well, if it's necessary to do that, then I understand that, but I'll be hurt. And herein lies the problem because, like I said last week, Rasmund has not made any, like, have you guys had the conversation? Because 100% he says he wants to be the friend. 
He's not trying to be a dad figure. He's not trying to be the stepdad. He is trying to be your man. But I don't think he's really thinking about what that entails. Because you having two young children, you're a mom first. And you're always going to be thinking about your children first. So, you know, for him to be like, hey, yeah, if it's necessary. Well, yeah, it's necessary. If her children are hurting and her children are talking about, oh, you know, my dad died. And now where's my mom? My mom's nowhere to be found. Then, yeah. Guess what? It might be necessary. Uh, Stevie says, definitely she shouldn't have gone there so fast in the first place. Um... Einstein of Rap says, I think the trip there was a mistake. And Sea Cruise, what up, girl? Hey, girl, hey. Uh, that part, children first. I, I do. I think that, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, I'm sticking to it. I think that uh, the trip was too soon. I think she's grieving. And now that I know that she's grieving multiple people, I think jumping into this uh, was not a good look on her part. Uh, and then I'm seeing red flags already on Razan's part, and, and we'll discuss why shortly. So she's having a hard time being in the moment. Uh, she feels guilty for leaving her kids, and she feels like Razan doesn't really fully understand, because he doesn't. He's also younger than her, right? Doesn't have any responsibilities, the same as her. Hasn't walked in her shoes. They live completely different lifestyles. He's, you know, trying to go for like the Hollywood actor, singer, all that stuff. And she is a mom, a widow, um, and had been in a long-term relationship, which we know, you know, he's he's a fly by the seat of his pants, meets someone one week, gets married, and then is divorced by like less than what, three months? So you can see that they're kind of in two different places. But I have a theory, and my theory is that, and I'm just gonna—it's gonna sound harsh, you guys, but th I honestly think that I think that he is the new soldier boy. I think that he's trying to be an international superstar, and he sees his ticket to America, and he wants to be part of, you know, the Hollywood scene by any means necessary. And he found someone that perhaps is not 100%. And when I say not in her right mind meaning that she he's met someone in a low point in her life where she's grieving and he's able to capitalize on it because if he says the right things and makes her feel good and makes her feel loved, she's replacing the love that she lost for the love and attention that she's so desperately seeking because it's no longer there. Um, so that being said, uh, they're walking the streets of Romania. Uh, he's showing her like uh, traditional wear, uh, popular, the Romanian dance, all the things. Uh, and then they go for a drink. So they go to a little outside uh, patio. They toast to their, quote, beautiful future together. And they say, I love you. I love you again. And what up, pretty cakes? Welcome to the live. Um, and then we have a Darcy moment where Darcy, remember Darcy wanted a key or Darcy wanted a ring, but got a key from Tom instead. So you guys are telling me right now that these two talk for, for years, never met in person. They finally meet. And on the first full day, he's already made a key for her, for his place. 
I was like, wait, what? What's happening here? Why are you moving so fast? To me, that would be that would freak me out. I don't even know you from Adam. I've met you for literally 24 hours. Yeah, I was kissing on your neck, but that does not warrant a key to your place. Anyway, she says, I don't need a key. I'm not going to be back here for a while. And he says, no problem. That me, you know, I'll see you then. I'll be with you. And she's like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, I have my interview for my tourist visa. So um, I can come right to you after you leave. And he didn't tell her about it. It was supposedly a surprise for her. And she's like, uh, that's not how it works. Like, I have to talk to my kids. I have to feel comfortable with you before I introduce you to my children. You can't, I can't introduce a new man. And then maybe it doesn't work out with us. And that's another man that leaves my kid's life. It's a very fragile situation here. And, you know, I want to make sure I'm certain about the relationship before we're doing all this. Now I'm going to tell you why he's already booked his trip for the tourist visa, because like I said, he's trying to get Hollywood and I don't remember what state she lives in, but if he can get his feet in America, then he feels like he's one step uh, closer to his future, just like soldier boy. And just like soldier boy who has found himself a new and American woman by any means necessary. Okay. Don't tell me that this fool did not already have ulterior motives here. Okay. You booked a ticket or you booked your visa to come to America. And then you're going to tell your, your, and I use this very loosely girlfriend of one day in real life. You're going to tell her, Oh, I'm going to see you shortly after you leave here. All of that just seems very stalkerish behavior between the key and the visa. And then you, like, who said you could come? Where do you think you're staying? Are you staying at my house with my kids? Oh, no. No, you're not. Oh, no, you're not. <laughs> um, uh, Pretty Cake says, I thought it was weird how we offered the key in the beginning. He should have maybe did that at the end of the trip, but she probably would have. Still, it's too soon. It's weird, Pretty Cakes. It's super weird. Um, Midwife Crystal says, she jumped in deep. I think she shouldn't have got, I think she should have got a hotel versus committing to stay with them for that time. She could have done some self-care things. Facts, that part, that part, indeed. So you guys, I mean, we'll see. I'm curious what you guys think about the relationship and uh, the timeline we talked about and all that stuff. If you're watching the replay, let me know in the replay in the comments. And uh, if you have some thoughts about it, uh, hit us up in the live chat while we're live. I'm moving on to Misha, this whole situation. It's just, okay. Off the bat, as you guys know, those of you guys have been with me for a while, you know that I am a woman of faith. Um, but this, I'm trying to figure, okay, so I don't believe this storyline at all. I guess that's what I'm saying. I think that it seems contrived. I think that Misha is putting a stereotype on religion and how she lives her life with like the, even like the opening scene in the church and how she was praying. And she's like, I'm praying for no traffic. And like being just very, uh, 
evangelical was it was I don't I don't know I'm not buying it. and then what's his name Nicola Nicola being 46 living at home virgin think he's looking for a virgin still and his not working and has this weird website at least all of it was I just think that this is really contrived I think I don't know how they met maybe she stumbled on his website and reads the prayers from his website and then they stayed in touch because seven years you guys you haven't met in seven years but that's your man seven years seven seven it's not like she doesn't have the means to go like i just it was all too much i think that this whole situation is just too much and the problem i'm having is with it is that I feel like, you know, what, whether you're a believer or not believer, however you grew up, we all have our own understanding of what faith and religion looks like. But I feel like she's stereotyping it and then like putting it on crap. And so everyone's thinking it's this and it's just, I just found this whole thing way over the top, way over the top, way over the, like what? I just don't, I don't believe it, you guys. I'm sorry, not sorry. I don't believe it. <clears throat> yes, exactly, Rebecca. The opening scene for her segment, it was almost like a satire. Like that's like she, okay, you guys. Just, if she's gonna be an extreme Catholic, and I don't know how much you guys know about Catholicism, but if she's going to be extreme and saying she's devout, then some of the, like, even some of the things she wears, I'm not buying, right? And that loud, like, praying with, like, some of your friends that just look like extras, that's not how, that's just not how it is in the church like that. And it's not all, like, it's more uh, ritualistic than loud, if that makes sense. And I just thought it was all just a lot. Okay, so uh, we meet Misha, who's 43 from Minnesota, and she's apparently a director of pastoral care uh, in the Catholic Church. Uh, prior to that, she was an on-air journalist, really living up the glam life. Um, wasn't raised religious, had this spiritual awakening, and even the spiritual awakening, I just, what, what was it? And why are you calling it a spiritual awakening? So she had this spiritual awakening 10 years ago. So that means when she was 33. And I don't know, you guys, I didn't, I just, it kind of went over my head. Apparently she saw two sons or something while she was vacuuming and it led her to her knees. I might be making that part up, but it was all just over the top. Something happened and she saw the sun, the moon, and the stars and decided that she needed to pray and then that led her to the bible now here okay so i just have so many issues with this so she's now she wasn't raised religious right she said she, she just wasn't raised religious or wasn't raised with religion but then she knew in that moment that she was having a spiritual awakening well how do you know that when you're not spiritual and then you said that you were led to pray, which I mean, prayer can be anything if you're talking to God, but if you've never prayed before, then how do you know how to pray? And then you just happen to have a Bible. And then when, I don't know if you like, you guys, this is my Bible. Okay. 
This is my Bible. Now, do you see how, do you see this Bible? She said that she read it from beginning to the end of the book of Revelations. Now, she didn't put a time frame, but the way she made it seem, she made it seem like she read this like in one sitting. And I just don't believe her. You know how, for someone who's never been religious or never been someone that believed in God, then all of a sudden you're reading the Bible and you understand the Bible and you read it from front to back. And it's not like a book like that where you read it. Are you, ah! Oh my God, I cannot. I just, I find the whole thing just very contrived. Uh, so after she read the Bible uh, straight through, because that's her words, okay? Straight through, she said, straight through. That thick Bible, she read straight through. That letter to the Roman Catholic Church. Okay. The math is not mathing for me, okay? It's not mathing for me. And, you know, I, who am I to say this? But, like, I just don't believe it. Right? Which translation? That part. Like a beach read. That part. Like, I'm going to need some more information. That's, that's, that's all I'm saying. And I just, I just don't believe it. I don't believe it. And you are not making a believer out of me. I just, I just don't believe it. So we find out that, uh, I guess she previously, uh, was married, met, uh, exchange student, uh, moved to Sweden. They got married, had two kids, didn't work out. She got divorced after she divorced. She was a party girl. Um, and then she converted. And so I'm trying to think, she didn't say how long she was married, but she got married at 22. She's 43 now. She has two grown kids. So like, what does that timeline look like when you said at 33, so you married at 22, at 33, you had your spiritual awakening and now you're 43, but you have a 17 year old and a 19 year old. Do you see how that's not mathing? Is it just me? Married at 22, spiritual awakening at 33. She's now 43. She's a 19-year-old and a 17-year-old. Make it make sense. Someone. Okay. EBQ. Uh, after her party days, uh, she had that spiritual awakening at 33. And instead of being wined and dined and helicoptered around, uh, she began living what she is explaining as a lonely life, which again also bothered me because you're saying if you're a believer, uh, specifically, I'm going to talk about her saying that she is part of the Roman Catholic Church. So if she's a Catholic, she can no longer have fun. She's a Catholic, she's going to start living uh a lonely life. Why? Because you can't go to the bar every night? Because, you know, you, as a Catholic, you still go to the bar. So, like, what? I don't understand. So, you're saying that because of your spiritual awakening, you can't then go have fun? Because of your spiritual awakening, you can't go meet people? 
because of your spiritual awakening, you stopped meet, meeting people and then you became lonely. And because you became lonely, you started talking to Nicola. How, how did you find Nicola? Because you didn't say that. You just said you started talking to Nicola in Israel and he has some website and has no job and lives with his mom. So like, what did that look like? I'm going to need some answers. Right, Renee? The math is not mathing. No, the math ain't mathing. Uh, Catholics don't read King James. I believe the version they read is the Good News Bible. Uh, regardless, Renee, I don't believe that she read it, quote, straight through. I just, I'm just don't, I don't buy it. I just don't buy it. I am not picking up what she's putting down. Um, okay, so... Nicholas 46. I don't know how they started talking. They just started talking. She says he's an incredible human. And if it's the Nicola that I saw in this episode, like uh, what's making him incredible? Like what's incredible? What do you two have in common besides you're both Catholics? So not only is he incredible, but you love him. What do you love about him that you've never met him in real life? And if you love him so much and he's such an incredible person, why have you not gone to visit him in seven years? Because let's say it's 2023 right now, right? So we'll cut out 2023, 2022, 2021, 2020. I'll even give you 2019. That's five years because of the pandemic and all the nonsense, right? 2018, 2017. So you have met him in 2017. So what is it from 2017 to 2018 to 2019 that if he was so incredible and such an amazing individual and you love him that you haven't met him in real life in seven years? Why now are you deciding after seven years that you're ready to go meet the love of your life that you love and he's so incredible? Just stop it. Just stop it. Just say that one of you guys had the great idea to go on 90 Day Fiance and get a free trip out of it and be on TV. Just say that. Because all the other stuff that you're saying right now sounds ridiculous to me. <sighs> sounds ridiculous. Okay. But <clears throat> we meet Nicola who is 46, lives with his mom, uh, because uh, in his belief, you live with your parents until you get married. He says he lives a simple life. He's devoted to the Lord. Uh, I mean, again, if you're so devoted and you feel like you've, you have been led to be a part of the church, then like, why not go to seminary school and become like a priest or or like work at a church. Why are you with no job and no money? But you have a website. Like, okay. so he's devoted to the Lord. He says he prays all day uh, and works on his Catholic website. Uh, he's trying to bring back novenas. Uh, which are traditional prayers uh, that last for nine days. We find out that in Israel, only 2% of the population, according to him, is Catholic. Um, and uh, that's it. 
he met Misha, who's a divorced woman from America, he says. Uh, they met again seven years ago. And uh, apparently he helped her learn about God. And I, I'm assuming that's through his website. And uh, through him, she left her TV career and devoted herself full time to her faith. So between the two doorknobs, they both don't work, but they speak on the phone 10 hours a day. How, how, how is she independently wealthy? Because how is she, how does she have two kids living at home that are still teenagers but she's not, she left her job to devote herself full-time to her faith. Oh, because maybe she gets paid as the director of pastoral care. Is that what, is that what we're trying to say here? And then how did, like, how did you talk to somebody you've never met in real life for seven years and that person who you've never met who does not have a job who lives at home at 46 how did his wisdom encourage you to quit your job so this incredible 46 year old that you're in love with that you've never met even though you guys have been talking for seven years was able to convince you to quit your full-time job okay i think i've said that enough <sighs> uh he tells us he's a virgin and he's going to be celebrate till he gets married he's never been married he's never been in a long-term relationship his last relationship was 16 years ago um and even that wasn't a serious relationship i need to know why i need to know why i need to know why because we all have our histories even if we're single right now or divorced or twice divorced or whatever um i just i just you've never been in a relationship like it's definitely giving me big ed vibes Right. And we all know why Big Ed was single for what, 30 years? That makes sense to me. So there's something about Nicola that to me, when Misha says he's this incredible guy that she so loves that I'm just not buying. You're 46 and never have, you've never been in a serious relationship and you live at home. I don't believe it. Something's going on with you. There's some crazy part of you that we don't know about yet and it has not come out but some there's something going on with nicola period okay because i'm not buying i'm not buying any of that so um misha and i'll say this misha and her whole family are beautiful so i i'm i'm thinking that she misses her tv days and she wants to be back on tv and her whole entire family is easy to look at. Maybe she thinks she'll get some type of spin off of off of this. I don't know, but again, something is not adding up. 
and even her sister Taylor is like, this is a whole weird situation and it's hard to understand. Yes, Taylor. So do us a favor. Go ahead and talk some sense into your sister because you could save us, the viewers and the fans, a whole lot of time and hours trying to sort out the nonsense. Just tell her that this is a bad idea. And like you said, it's hard to understand and make us understand. Go ahead, Taylor, and ask your sister all the hard questions because I have questions. <sighs> Amanda says, for someone who's never worked and never been married, no kids, Nicola is a hard 46. <clears throat> Um, then we get into the whole, okay, you guys, there's just so much going on here. I'm so glad that we met her in episode three, because if I met her in episode one, I'd probably have been like, what the... I'm still what the, but I'm still like, just like, at least you ease me into this nonsense. Okay. So remember she got married at 22, spiritual awakening at 33. She's now 43, has a 17 year old, 19 year old. Now we're going to throw in the fact that she thinks that she's going to marry Nicola, who is the love of her life that she loves so much. That is also this incredible guy. So she says, but, you know, she has not traveled to ever meet him in real life in seven years. But she talks about how divorce is not an option, um, but believes that Nicola is the man she's supposed to be with. Okay. Now, divorce is not an option, but it was an option before because you are divorced. And not only are you divorced, now you've gone to some meeting at the church where you want to annul your marriage, even though you've been divorced for 10 years. And what does that even look like? So in it, like, <sighs> let me just go to Nicola. Nicola, 46, we see him fishing with his friend. He feels like he's going to be meeting the sweetheart of his life after seven years. Um, his friend was him, thinks that this is all like a weird thing. Um, we also find out that none of Nicola's family is a devotee as much as he is. His friend, you know, understands a little bit of, of Nicola's beliefs, but no one is like as hardcore as Nicola. And again, I'm trying to figure out what his story is, like what brought him to the faith, what made him feel like, you know, he didn't have to work and um, just wants to run this, you know, prayer website and that's it. Like what's going on with you? I need to know more. Uh, but his own, own friend, Wazim, says that Misha is out of his league. It's hard to believe that this beautiful woman loves a guy like this with his words, his friend, no job, and is totally broke. He does nothing, his friend says, all day, but he prays to Mary in his room at his mom's house. That's his, those are the words of his own like best friend describing Nicola. So you're going to tell me that this 43-year-old mother of two teenage girls 
is in love with and wants to marry and is making decisions like annulling a 10-year divorce and quitting her job for this 46-year-old man with no job? Okay. Okay. If if this is not all a lot, I don't know. I don't know what is. You know, you could give me some cockamamie nonsense, right? You can give me some cockamamie nonsense and I'm not going to like some of the cast members and I'm going to have some opinion about them. But this right here, I can't even wrap my mind around because I don't understand what is even the, what do they have in common besides both being Catholic? Is that enough for a relationship? And I do not believe that someone in the right mind would talk to someone for seven years that they supposedly love so much and want to spend the rest of their life with and not want to meet them for seven years. And we didn't see any like video chats of them together. We didn't see any pictures that they traded off. We just got this BS five second FaceTime that they did with her whole cat situation. And like, y'all know how I feel about cats and that whole thing when she had the black leggings on and she had all that cat hair on her. Oh my gosh. Just, no, this is just, this is all bad. Um, but I digress. Um, I already talked about how uh, Nicola hasn't been in a relationship, hasn't done anything uh, with anyone in 16 years. Um, and again, he reiterates that he wants to be celibate till he's married. That's fine. Um, then he says some cockamamie nonsense about him preferring Misha to have not slept with anyone else and to her have been a virgin. Like, shut up. Like, just, she's got two teenagers and she was married. So, like, you're going to just have to let that go. Okay. You just have to literally let that go. I don't even want you to discuss it. And if she does end up coming to Israel, I don't want this to be a topic of discussion. She got married. She had kids. End of discussion. Okay. And for <coughs> you to act like you are some savior that has waited your whole life because you're following the rule of law of the book of the of Jesus. That is not what's happening here. There's something going on with you. And there's a reason why you've never been in a relationship. And I need to know. And it's not just because you love God. Okay. So. Then he talked. Like, I just don't even want to have this conversation. Because it just sounds ridiculous to, to me that he says that his mom is not going to like Misha. Because his mom wants him to marry a virgin. Like, does your mom realize that you're almost 50 years old? And what that sounds like, because it sounds really terrible to me. Okay. Cause you're not gonna you're you're probably not gonna meet another 50-year-old virgin. So what are you saying you're looking for exactly? And what are you saying that your mom thinks that she she's looking for for you? Cause you're not 22, you're 46, which is close to 50. So I'm just gonna say like you're 50. Okay. Um that's what, I don't mean I don't want to talk about any more of this actually. I do, I will say this that her two daughters seem like they have their heads on straight and they're asking all the right questions like if he comes here what is that going to look like? We've never lived with 
uh, a man in a very long time. They've all been through a lot between the divorce and the spiritual awakening. How will Nicola's presence uh, disrupt that balance? Um, they don't really know him. Even the conversations that they have, they don't get to know him because it's all just very awkward and all he talks about is God. And she doesn't want, the daughters both don't want um, to feel like they're being judged by him all the time. And they're just worried that he's such a devotee. Like, is he going to be able to, uh, you know, be a balance? Be a balance in the family. Linda, I need to know, what is it that you need to know? Amanda says, honestly, it's stupid. I'm calling fraud, but I'm here for a different kind of story. The stakes are pretty low. Excited to see Israel too. Okay, see, isn't this is what I just said? Moja 31, if you were here earlier in the in the live, this is exactly what I just said. Misha is too, I didn't say bombastic, but great word. Uh, for Catholicism, we're more the reserved, ritual-loving, murmured hymn types, which is what I just said, which is what I literally just said. I just, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I think that one of them wants to be back on TV because, you know, they were on-air journalists, and the other one wants to promote this website of his, and that's that. The rest is cockamamie nonsense that I just... I'm not buying for one minute, not one minute. Oh, I need to know. <laughs> yeah, I need to know immediately. I need to know what Nicola's situation is because I do not believe anything that's coming out of their mouths. All right, I'm moving on. Okay. You know, I still think Tyre is uh, a sweetheart. I think that he deserves love. Um, I think that he's going to find love, but I don't think he's going to find love until he snaps out of whatever delusion he is living in right now. And I say that with love. Tyre, I say it with love. You are being delusional right now. And for you to be holding on to any type, listen, I will eat my words. If I am wrong and Carmela is the person that you said you guys had this special connection and bond that no man can break and that Carmela is a real person and not a catfish, I will eat my words. I will come on the show and apologize and literally say I eat my words, but I don't believe it. I don't believe it at all, okay? And I feel like Tyree is too smart and too kind to be this delusional. I just do. I think he's, I think that he needs some tough love and I think that someone has to give him some tough love for him to snap out of it because even his own sister is trying to show him like you sound crazy right now and let's just quickly do a reverse Google search and because she couldn't find anything he's ho holding on to more hope <laughs> what okay so he's Tyree's meeting his sister Lashanti um right because he's still traumatized that 
the producers are saying that Carmela is actually Christian and Christian's a man. He still can't just wrap his mind around it. Um, and his sister's trying to help him. Like, hey, let's let's talk about this. Let's get you through this. And so she asks him, do you think she's real? And he says, yes, he does. He still thinks that Carmela is a re the real deal. Um, and he believe, and he has some excuses. He says that he believes that, um, there's someone behind the messages. Well, yeah, that someone is Christian. The man that the producers are trying to tell you was trying to take advantage of you, but he's like, no, I had a deep and genuine connection, uh, with this person. And we shared each each other's love and compassion and we work through things together even though i've never heard this person's voice i've never like facetime with them um i've only got snapchats and snap little videos and pictures on snapchat but you know we absolutely had this really crazy connection that no man can break apart so he thinks this is all just a big misunderstanding he thinks that perhaps um you know, someone had Carmela's phone or she lost her phone or I, I mean, I don't know, you guys, there's like some crazy delusion going on up here. And I, I just don't know what it is. Um, Vanessa says, maybe he'd be OK if it is a dude, as long as they have the same deep connection. I mean, that could. OK, say that then. Right. Love is love. Say that. <laughs> which is what Crystal said. That's what I'm wondering, Vanessa. Tyre, say that then. I mean, if that's the case, like I said, love is love, love who you love, but then say that and don't say all this nonsense because it makes you sound delusional, Tyre. And I don't want to make you sound delusional, but you're making yourself sound delusional. So Lashanti does a reverse Google search. Um, thinks it's weird that that's not the first thing that Tyree would have done, which I also do think it's true as well. Like four years. Who are these people? Who are you guys that are spending all these years with people that you say you're in an intimate relationship with and you never meet them? I, and like, I'm sorry, I'm not wasting my time with someone that I can't even have a phone call with. If you're not, if I can't hear your voice, like who are you even talking to? What voice do you give the text messages when you've never heard their voice? And like, why are you putting up with that? If you were like, hey, let me give you a quick FaceTime. And the person's like, no, why are you continuing to talk to them for four years, Tyree? Unless, and like I said, unless I understand that being lonely and wanting to have some type of connection with someone, and then you don't want to learn the truth because then you don't want to burst that bubble that you have about having this relationship or so-called relationship that has made you feel good about yourself. And because you've been able to fantasize about it, just like reading any book, when you read a book um, and it's a fictional book, your mind can create the most beautiful stories, even more beautiful than the words that are on the paper. So you've created this fictional character that is Carmela and she is your ideal woman. And now that reality is trying to smack you in the face, you don't want to be smacked into reality, which, okay, then say that part. Say, you know what? I love the delusion of feeling in love 
And I really do not want to stop feeling this way. So I don't want to know what the truth is. Say that. Um, so he sends her a couple of pictures. He, meaning Tyree, sends Lashanti, his sister, a couple of pictures of Carmela. Um, but she doesn't find anything in the reverse search. And so he thinks that that's great. That means that she's real. And then he comes up with the excuse that maybe Carmela's boyfriend found out about them. And so that's why there's some guy on the phone. Hey, Esperay. Yeah, it makes no sense, especially because he said he watched Catfish TV show, that part. Um, uh, Foxy Brown, no. He, um, he hasn't even told his mama about Carmela. So I don't know. I don't know. So let's just look at this real quick. Let me just pull it up. So then... <clears throat> We know that there's a voicemail and I'm mad that we didn't get to hear the voicemail in its entirety. Like, I'm honestly really mad about that. I think that the producer should really have just let us hear it in its entirety. So there was a voicemail that we heard like the first three seconds of last week. And then we also know that there's a message that was sent to the producers, uh, which Tyre tells Lashante about. And Lashante's like, let's see it. So here is the message. It says, not the girl in the photos. I know it's, it's blurred out, but let's say it's uh, terrible that I have not been honest with Tyree. I've been lying him to for almost five years now. It's really important for you guys to pay attention to not only the grammar, but um, the way these sentences are constructed. Because this is very catfishy. Anyone that's seen catfish, anyone that's seen like Yahoo boys, you just just like read it in that voice. So not the girl in the photos. I know it's bad that I have not been honest with Tyree. I've been lying him to for almost five inches. No, five years. At first, it was a way to get money since most of us are so poor here. I did start liking him, but I can't be with him. I feel so bad, but I really needed money. <sighs> so he's confused. Uh, what are you confused about, Tyre? Again, sending I'm saying saying this and sending this message to you with love. But what is it? What's confusing about this to you? Because, and this is how you know you guys laughed at me when I said like we all in the ninety day fandom have cold dead hearts. Because I look at this and say, this is a waste of time. You need to keep it pushing. You need to be out of your delusion and like, st like stop it, right? I say that. And I know all of you in the live chat, like Stevie says, stop the cap. 
my dude, no, we all feel the same way. So when I say cold, dead heart, meaning like we've been there, done that, been there, done that, gone down this 90 day route. And we're just trying to protect you, Tyree. But Tyree is all rainbows and unicorns because instead of him looking at this message, thinking how messed up it is, he says, he, can, he finds the good in it. He says, I love him, but I can't be with him. So Tyree takes that as the person loves him. And so he's taking the good out of this message. Listen, you guys, I, there's no way. There is no way that I would have taken, I love him, but I can't be with him from this message. Because it does say I did start liking him, but I can't be with him. And Tyree took that as I love him, but I can't be with him. Okay. I mean, glass half full. I'm happy for you that you see life like that. That's really wonderful. I just think that in this situation, I, I think that someone has to take off the rose-colored glasses. Um, his sister says, listen, this is a scam and that should be the end of it. I'm with the sister on this one. <sighs> we could be wrong though. We could be wrong. Now, I'm about to get into Jasmine and Gino. And, you know, I, I was really, I'm, I, I was rooting for them and I, I was enjoying them in previous seasons. I don't know if they've been off the air too long. I don't know if I missed some cues. I don't know if I missed some signs. I don't know what it is, but Gino seems way, like they just both seem way different. Jasmine seems different as a person and Gino seems way different as a person. And then you brought them together and I just, I'm like, who are these two? And why are they together? Cause you guys, like it's clear that he doesn't want to be with her. And I feel like she wants to be with him because she thinks that, He's going to provide a lifestyle that she's now become accustomed to. And she also thinks that he owes her because she blames him for her losing her career. But like, even the first time they met in real life, they fought the whole time. They fought the whole trip. And like, I don't want to have a whole season of you guys just fighting. Like Gino, just turn around and go home because like you got, you just landed and you guys couldn't even last. Five, I won't even give you five hours. You couldn't last like a few hours without fighting. And then what you're fighting about is so weird and ridiculous. Like you're fighting over utensils that you don't have in the $3,000 apartment that you like, what? It's weird. Like, I don't know who these two are. It's just very weird. So... Jasmine's flirting with Gino. She's excited that he's there for three weeks. Um, and, you know, her hope was that they could, um, you know, be together, 
love each other, be all nested up in their quote paradise apartment. Uh, I I could tell you right away, Gina was not having it um, at all. And everyone says that he's scared of her. I just think that he doesn't want to be with her. I think that he's not really attracted to her. Uh, I think that he is over the relationship, but he, he also does like to see a beautiful woman on his arm. It makes him feel some type of way about himself, but he's definitely not putting any effort into this relationship at all. Like real effort. He might be financing the relationship, but he's not putting in any emotional effort. And like, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a therapist, but there's something, something's gone on with Gino. Like, I don't know, I don't know, but I would be open to him getting evaluated. Cause like, I don't know, like, I don't want to put this on him, but it's very, he seems like he might be on the spectrum. And if he is, then maybe he will be able to deal with things in a different way if he has a proper diagnosis. Now, I'm not saying that that's the case, but something is different about him and I don't know what it is. And he's, it's very, um, it's his actions and his words. <sighs> so, so, um, Jasmine shows him around the apartment, breathtaking views for sure. Um, is it worth 3000? He doesn't know. I don't think that he cares at this point because he's already spent the money. Um, she's loving the taste of luxury living, luxury lifestyle. He is not really prepared to give her that, you know, they flash back to his home back in wherever, is he from Minnesota? Where is he from you guys? Um, but they flash back and, you know, he's a bit of a pack rat and it's not going to be the luxury lifestyle that she's looking at in this apartment that she says that she deserves, which is like a whole other conversation that I'm just not about to have right now. But um, he wants her to know that, listen, we are going to have to live. Well, if, if indeed you come to America on this K-1 visa, uh, we have to live on a budget and we have to live within our means. And are you going to be okay with that? Right. He hasn't had that conversation with her, but that's the conversation he's having with himself in his head and with us, the viewers. And he's worried that luxury and money and lifestyle is more important to her um, than the relationship. And so he's focusing on the money aspect of it, I think, as well as Michigan. Thank you. From Michigan. Um, he's thinking of the money part of it, and then she's thinking of the sex part of it, right? So she thinks that they have problems in the bedroom, and he's thinking that they have problems in the wallet because she's spending his money. Now, okay. I talk about this all the time, right? If you're in a serious relationship, you have to have the conversations about sex. You have to have the conversations about children, about religion, all the things, right? I talk about this all the time. I tell you guys all the time, have the conversation, have the conversation. We're like a few years into a relationship. You guys got engaged. And it's clear to me that 
you guys are not on the same page and have not had those conversations. Now, here's the thing. When Gino met Jasmine, don't forget how Gino was, right? And maybe he thinks he's involved or maybe he has indeed involved. But when they met, he was that sugar daddy type. He was paying women to spend time with him, right? And when they met, however, whatever website they met, that is how he presented. He presented himself as a sugar daddy. So Jasmine became accustomed to that. And because she found her specific sugar daddy, she was able to go and look away from maybe some of his unique quirks, right? And I mean, like, look, take, like, I don't, it's not just about looks, but like, look at her, her ex-boyfriend and then her current boyfriend. And perhaps maybe, you know, Gina was giving her the luxuries that maybe her ex was not giving her. And so here she is. Now, Gino, maybe he's tired of being the sugar daddy, but then he should then communicate that with her uh, because you can't resent someone when you presented that way to them from the beginning because she's only expecting what she's always gotten from you. <sighs> Crystal said, also, maybe Gino just needed a nap. Wow. Um, so that all being said, Jasmine is focusing on trying to get their sexy back. So she's like, let's try the bed. Um, and you know, you guys, you know how I feel about this. So he jumps in the bed with his outside shoes with all that. You saw it, all that crap on the bottom of his shoes from the airplane and the Gross, Gino, gross. Between your hat and your shoes, like you're just doing too much for me. Anyway, she takes his shoes off. He lies in the bed. Um, you know, she wants him to start making more effort. Um, so she's trying to flirt with him. Uh, and she wants she basically wants to have sex with him. And Gino, he he's not look he's not for it. He doesn't even look at her. He closes his eyes. He starts acting like super weird. Like he just like it's weird. If someone, if you haven't seen someone in five months and that's supposed to be your fiance, I get it, Crystal, let that man have a nap, but like also, you know, have some affection towards the person that you allegedly are in love with and want to spend the rest of your life with. Um, so he's closing his eyes, acting like a kid, as far as I'm concerned, like just being all weird in the bed, like, eh, 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 if I close my eyes, maybe she'll go away. Um, <laughs> so she thinks that the problem in the relationship is sex. He says her spending habits and her being pushy with him, um, with what she wants affects his sexual desire towards her. She asks him outright, do you want me? And he might as well have just said no, because he said, stop asking me that. Stop asking me that. That's what he said to her. So Gina's either sleeping or pretending to sleep, showing zero interest in being intimate with Jasmine. She goes to like the kitchen 
and leaves him for a few minutes, then comes back to apologize uh, if she made him feel uncomfortable. And then she's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then she's like, give me a kiss. And he gives her like this little, like the littlest peck I've ever seen. And she wants another one. He does it again. And that was the moment I knew that he does not want to be with her anymore. He does not want to be with this woman. Not at all. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. They should part ways. Because if you can't even muster up a peck on the lips, that says everything I need to know about your relationship. Don't care if you traveled all day. Don't care if you're tired. If you truly love someone, a peck on the, the lips is a peck on the lips and you will still do it if you truly love someone. Okay? Don't, he's checked out 100%. So she apologizes. And then we have this weird potato peeler fight. Okay? And all... He kept saying is that he needs the proper equipment. He needs the proper equipment. I'm like, you definitely do need the proper equipment. And I'm not talking about the potato peeler. I don't understand exactly what it, well, I knew what the fight was about, but it was definitely not about the potato peeler. But what irritated me is that we made it about the potato peeler and then he took it way extra going into the bathroom to get away. She's crying. Like, what are we, what are we crying about? Listen, if you were going to make him the special vegan meal and he doesn't want it, he doesn't want to participate in helping you, then you know what? Don't make a meal for him. Keep it pushing. Why are we wasting time on a stupid, dumb fight over potato peelers? Because it's not about potato peelers. It's about him not wanting to spend any more money on you, doesn't want to be with you. That's why he wants a prenup. And you want to make it about sex because you think that you reeled him in. If you reeled him in and it's, you know, your sexual prowess has reeled this sugar daddy in, then you have to continue to make it about sex so that he can continue to be reeled in. But that's not what this is anymore. The circumstances have changed, but neither of you are communicating what exactly it is that you want and you need. And so now I have to spend five minutes talking about a stupid proper tool potato peeler and a stupid friggin uh, cutting board. Okay. So the fight is he doesn't like her pushing him around and he feels like a chump and he feels like a chump because his, his family basically called him a chump before the trip. So now he's got this chip on his shoulder and he thinks that he's no longer going to let quote unquote Jasmine push him around. He's not going to be a pushover because, you know, those were the last words that were told to him by his family. So he's peeling this potato with a knife. He finishes one potato and says he's not going to peel anything else, not the carrot, not the beet, because he doesn't have the proper equipment. He doesn't have a cutting board, so he can't do it, won't do it. And then there's an, a, a little bit of a turd towards him and says enjoy yourself and walks away slams the bathroom door you know all this with his hat and like okay 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 she's crying i can't believe it i just wanted to make a great vegan meal i don't understand okay
he comes out. She says, don't be mad at me. I'm not mad at you. I'm sorry that you didn't understand. And maybe we're having a stupid fight about a stupid fight about a stupid fight. That was the fight. The best part of their whole segment, the part that literally took me out, is, you know, Gino has upgraded the season from the ball caps to his fedora type hats. But what we didn't know is that he still has his sleeping hat. And it's not like the sleeping hat that we've seen with cartoons where it's, you know, the little hat that is like, you know, the cartoon sleeping hat. It's it's literally a ball cap. And this fool went into the bathroom with his fedora on as if he was changing into his pajamas and came out with his sleeping hat on. <laughs> this fool didn't shower after being on a plane for a million hours. He didn't take off his clothes and put on pajamas. He didn't brush his teeth. This fool took off his fedora and put on a ball cap and went to bed. <laughs> now. <laughs> I cannot. Jasmine tucks him in like he's a two-year-old says, do you want me to stay with you while you fall asleep? Or do you want me to come back when you're sleeping? <sighs> he says, I just want to sleep. Stop it. Just stop it. This whole, just stop it. All of it. Just stop it. All of it. Just stop it. That was the best scene of, of the entire episode. That was the best scene. Gino in his sleeping ball cap. Right? Right, Tam Carl for him getting in that bed with them. Airport clothes on had me sick. That part. Imagine being the camera crew. Just nasty. Facts. Uh, just uh, all of it is. It's all too much. It's all too much, you guys. Okay, and last and just last is Riley. Riley is leaving for Vietnam to meet his girlfriend that he's never met in real life either. Violet, who he doesn't trust, wants to hire a PI, but doesn't want to hire a PI because he too is also delusional and doesn't want the truth to come out because the PI said, well, we'll follow her for a couple of days and then we'll report back to you. And then he's like, ah, well, if she finds out, then she'll leave me. Okay. Well, clearly you don't want reality. Um, Alexa, his buddy is taking him to the airport. And I sat there and said, that needs to be your woman. She knows everything about you. She knows all your quirks. You obviously communicate with her and, and can talk with her. Uh, why can't she be your woman? Oh, because you have an Asian fetish and all of your 
previous girlfriends have been Asian. So now you went on an Asian website, which you have admitted to, to find Violet in Vietnam to go and uh, do what? Some people would call that passport bros. Some people would alleged, you know, allege some other things. Um, but there's definitely a fetish going on. And I just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be like, okay. Because I will say this, when he found the other sex tourists in the airport and they met and one's going to, um, where is this fool going? To Thailand. And he's going to Vietnam. I just shook my head. I just shook my head. How y'all find each other? And the dude, this Tony dude, didn't even say it was his woman. He's like, yeah, I'm going to visit my lady friend. Ew, just ew. Okay, rant over. His friend, Alexa, who should be his woman as far as I'm concerned, why not be with her as far as I'm concerned, um, takes him to the airport. He tells her about Violet texting his dad and him all mad about it. But if you're really that mad, why are you still going to Vietnam? Like, why are you bitching on your way there? Um, then, you know, he pretends that he's going to still hire a PI, which he's not. And she's like trying to talk reason to him she's like you know listen any foundation of a real strong relationship you have to have trust and honesty you obviously are not going there with trust and honesty so why are you even going um and if you like i said so you're gonna spend money on a ticket you're gonna spend in money on on having well this is not true but i'm just gonna throw it in there anyways you have a dog so you have someone that's going to take care of your dog, bordering your dog. Then you're going to try to spend or pretend to spend money on a PI because of what? All because you don't trust a woman that you've never met in real life. You better stop it. You better go sit down in a corner. I know your dad raised you better than that, Riley. <clears throat> so. The other thing that irritated me about Riley's segment, you guys, so I noticed his suitcase. I'd like that like chocolate brown of it. Did you guys notice that? He had this big chocolate brown suitcase. And I was like, wow, he's going for three weeks. He's like pretty much packing like he's got one main suitcase that he's going to check in. And then he's got one little small blue ch ch uh, suitcase that's going to you know travel with him. And then his backpack, right? And that was it. That's all he had. But... Did you guys notice? And I need you guys to really, if you didn't rewind it. So when he was walking in, and this is a production problem. When he was walking in, he had this brown suitcase. But when he was asking where his um, check-in was, the blue, excuse me, the brown suitcase was now wrapped in blue, um, I want to say surround wrap, but in blue wrap. Did you guys notice that? In less than 10 seconds, his bag went from being brown to being blue. This irritated me. I was like, can you just turn around? Um, but the words that come out of his mouth are he's excited to go to Vietnam. He's ready to be a husband and a stepfather. Uh, okay. 
Like, what? You haven't even met this woman yet. And now you're talking about being a stepdaddy to her. Like, just stop it. <clears throat> he meets his fellow uh, tourist, Tony, I told you. He's en route to Thailand. They commiserate together. We find out a little bit about Violet as well. She's a teacher in Vietnam. Uh, she's spunky. Uh, likes to say that she always gets her way. Was married for 15 years. Has two teenage daughters. Her and Riley talk every day, but they also fight every day. They speak about the future and getting married and all the things coming to America. Uh, but they also fight every day. She thinks that he's teasing she's teasing him and that he likes it and they tease each other, but that teasing turns into fights and then they fight. Uh, it's her birthday. She meets up with her friends and uh, she's telling them that, you know, her long distance lover is coming into town and they're like, okay, but why do you guys like, why do you guys fight? What is it that you fight about? And she's like, he doesn't trust me. And until you trust me, like we can't, we're going to have to very, we're going to have to move very slowly. Now, the question is, why does he not trust her? Is that a Riley issue or is she up to something that is not trustworthy? Because you remember, Riley said that she asked him to get off the app that they met on, the Asian dating app that they met on. And then when they fought and he went back on, she was on there under a different name. Now, if that is not shady as F, I don't know what is. Okay? I don't know what is. So for her to be like, ah, he doesn't trust me. Well, he doesn't trust you because A, he doesn't know you, and B, you do shady things. So hence the trust issue. Don't be shady, and then he might trust you. You guys, I had high hopes for this cast this season, but I just, I just don't know who I'm going to be like, who am I rooting for? Who are you all rooting for? Cause right now I just don't David. That's why they needed to have David on this episode so that I could just have some peace and love and like encouragement. That's who I'll be rooting for is David. Cause this Motley crew, maybe Amanda, cause Amanda is showing signs of being just a really good mom. Misha, forget about it. Tyre, I have high hopes for it, for Tyre, but I really need him to snap out of the delusion. Um, Jasmine and Gina, just I don't know what happened to those two. I'm just I just don't know what happened to them. And Riley, Riley's gonna have to step up. He's gonna have to show me something that he has some common sense for me to even think about any of this. That was the show, you guys. Uh, if you're watching the replay, definitely let me know in the comments. Uh, I'll pop into this live chat real quick before we end. Uh, thank you guys so much for being here. We had a great, lively live chat. Um, Tam Carl Forrest says, I had hopes for Riley, but that lady is playing in his face. Um, she also says, these passport brothers are a trip. They assume foreign women will just let them get away with whatever they want. Uh, Lori says, yep, David is worth rooting for. Yes, David. Uh, thank you, Amanda. Great show. Thank you guys so much for being here. I will be back tomorrow with April.
attorney immigration, attorney April. We're talking all things match me abroad. Uh, you guys, I caught a live, by the way, an Instagram live, and you will never guess. It was Scott from Love in Paradise and Mark from Match Me Abroad. And in the, the chat, Rishi was in the chat. Uh, who else was in the chat? I think Binyam came in in the chat. It was like a bunch of just like cast members. It was a really weird little live. I recorded some of it. I'm going to pop it up on my Instagram. Uh, Scott, uh, I guess, was... You'll see. I just don't even want to talk about it. You'll see. Give me like 20 minutes. Come on over to 90 Day in a Melanated Way Instagram. I'll post a, lot, a, a bit of the live and you'll see what I was talking about. Uh, until tomorrow, you guys. Bye for now. Toodles. Yeah, someone from Milf Manor was in there. It was like a... It was super random, y'all. It was super random. Uh, interesting. I just I jumped in there for a moment, but I got on a phone call. Listen, Vanessa, it was you'll see. I got I got the key moment, so I'll pop it up there. All right, bye for now. Toodles.